Mr. Tanner. Hey, what's up? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Keeping uh, trying to keep cool for the summer with this oh, summer yeah. heat that's that's uh, affecting us. Let me uh, welcome everybody today. This is Mike. We are with these two shoes. We travel with these two shoes, and this is episode four with my good friend Tanner. He's traveled with us twice now, but that's not the extent of his travels or his experience with it, which is why we brought him on today. This is our second episode with a interview, and I thought it fitting that we talked to Tanner for uh, many reasons. So let's get into this. Tanner, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Doing good. Tanner is a college student. We, um, I don't know if we, I don't know if how you feel about talking about logistics and exactly where you live, but we live about an hour from each other. We are about an hour from each other right now, right? Are you home? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a funny story about that in a minute, but um, just for the listeners to know where we're coming from with uh, these two shoes, we record and live in the Central Valley of California, and it is, it's, it's hot. Um, so that's why uh, everybody kind of slows down a little bit right about now. They kind of come indoors, and they try to do what they can to keep the AC running, but um, Tanner lives about an hour from me. He's a full-time, you're a full-time student, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Full-time student. Are you working these days? Because we haven't talked in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been working the same job Okay, for a you, while now, yeah. Okay. You can talk about that if you want. Um, maybe you don't want people coming in and saying, hey, I heard you. But um, <laughs> I heard you on that podcast. But, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an interesting story about your education that I want. If you don't bring it up, I'm going to bring it up. Um, maybe it'll come up in our, in our discussions, but, um, anyway, Tanner has traveled with us twice now for the first time in 2016, he took a 13 day trip to, did we go to France? Uh, no, not on that trip. Okay. So, so four countries, four different countries on that particular trip, 13 days. The Sounds next right. year. Yeah. The next year. Um, it, he was itching to go again and he, I, I you kind of went back and forth with whether or not you were going to go, right? Like, yes, and no, and yes, and no. And, and then all of a sudden, boom, he signed up. So he was, he was signed up for the 2017 trip, which was just this last July for 17 days in seven countries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had, we've had countless cities um in in between those two those two trips but there's a particular thing that we have in common you and i we have the, this this thing when tra- when people travel together um things happen you either have a conversation or you have an experience or you you see something or you you have an incident or you have whatever i mean there's many different things that can come up and then you have this you have this connection together right yeah. And you, you and I had this connection. We had many, I think. But we had this one connection that um, I'll never forget because I'll, I'll never stop coming or, you know, going to this particular place. But we had a conversation in Lucerne. Remember that? Oh, back in the first trip, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. We, and we briefly talked about it again the second trip because we ended up in the same, we ended up in the same spot. Yeah, same exact spot. A year later, which I didn't expect to happen, but... Every time I go by that spot now, man, I'm going to I'm going to think about that conversation, which leads me to my question. Tell me about your education. Tell me what you because that that conversation was Tanner and I sitting outside of a watch shop in Lucerne, Switzerland, uh, watching the crowds go by and kind of waiting for the rest of the people to join us because we were kind of at the end of our little you know, day walk or whatever we were doing that day. I don't know. We we're waiting for the bus to come and we're going to wait for everybody else to meet us up and meet up with us. And we're going to get on the bus and go over the hill and whatever. Tanner and I were sitting there at the end of the day and kind of having a conversation about school and the future and education and travel. And um, it, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it was your, it was, you were going into your senior year. Yeah, yeah, I was going into my senior year. Okay, so tell us, tell us what you remember about that conversation, and tell us what you know. Lead that into um, your actual decision for graduation and and 
your current education situation? Yeah, well, I remember the conversation. We were standing in the sand, and we were kind of just looking around at the people, kind of people watching. And I remember you brought up the trash cans. Because in the sand, they have these self-compacting trash cans. Yeah. You put the trash in, it crushes it. I guess it drops it down into something else, recycles or something like that. And uh, you pointed out just the engineering feat behind it. And I think we were talking about the person that came up with that and just that idea. So right. the conversation led to like the topic of having an idea and just going with it. And that more so just led into the education side of it. Yeah. Just kind of what I wanted to do with my life, what an idea could be that I could have. Yeah. And I don't know. I've ruminated over that and thought about it for the last probably year or so. And that's kind of led me to the decision I have now for my education and my future and what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. So do you have an answer now? Like what do you, what you're wanting to do? Because I I know two years ago, you're like, I have no idea, (laughs) but I, but I remember distinctly saying, I want to do something. Right. I want to do something. I just don't know what it is. And and it, it's not like I want to do something, like go and get a job. No, it was I want to do something. I want to make a difference, kind of something, right? Yeah. So where where are you now with that decision? Ugh. Well, it, instead of something, it's kind of become two things. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm studying in community college right now. You know, it's a mm-hmm. little bit cheaper, but yeah, I decided to major in anthropology and chemistry. Both of those. Oh. That's kind of been what it's led up to i looked at a lot of different things spent a lot of time thinking about it and that's kind of what it's led up to okay okay that's an interesting combination yeah yeah it's kind of weird and chemistry i I like both of those just areas of study and i couldn't decide on a single one so okay i started why not both are you are you going to aspire to do double major or a major and a minor or what are you what are you thinking right now Right now, I'm going for a double major. Okay. And you know, it's interesting that you say, I'm really interested in both of these, and I couldn't make up my mind. When you say anthropology, it makes sense to me. How so? Well, because you're social. You're interested in a lot of things related to people. And I think you're when we, and we've had these other moments, right? We've had these other moments when we've traveled together. Uh, We can get into that, the details of this later, but Tanner and I, um, I mentioned on my trips, I always take people to different things. We'll get off on the itinerary. We'll do the itinerary. And at the end of the day, I've said this before, I'll say, here, guys, this is what I want to do today. If you want to follow me, Tanner, you've heard me say this. If you want to follow oh, yeah. me, let's go. And it, it, sometimes, it's, it, sometimes it's inexpensive. Sometimes it's a little expensive. Sometimes it's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's nothing more than me walking around the neighborhood in which our hotel is in and I'll do a photo walk because I'm a photographer. It can be, oh, yeah. it can be that simple, but I had mentioned to everybody when we're in Paris in July, you know what? We can go see the catacombs. You were the first one and the only one to f- finally go with me. Right. We had a lot of people yeah. that wanted to, we had a lot of people who wanted to, but no one was willing other than Tanner and Ali to actually stand in that line with me for an hour. And well, I take that back. I think we estimated from getting into line and getting out of the souvenir shop. It was about four hours, right? Yeah. It took, it took a little bit about yeah. four hours. It took about four hours. It's a four hour ride through the catacombs of Paris. And I, to, to be honest, I, and I know you can probably feel this way. You'll probably feel this way too. And you'll probably agree with me. I would stand in line for eight hours for that. Oh, I'd stand in line for 10. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, that was awesome. I did it twice. I did it two years in a row. Well, was it two years in a row? No, I know I did it every, I did it two years before. Okay. So I did it back in 15 and I did it back in, in 17. And I, I've always wanted to do it. And I just, it was one of those things, man. It just wasn't in the cards. Right. So um, anyway, Tanner stepped up to the plate, said, Hey, let's go do it. I want to do it. If you're going to, if you're going to go, I'm going to go with you. And I said, okay, if there's just one of you, I'll, I'll go. Let's go. Um, and I knew even in those conversations we've had down below, um, down below Paris, literally, and, and after walking around and talking about, you know, the, the, the whole nuance of, of walking amongst hundreds of thousands of bones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew 
it just makes sense. Anthropology makes sense for you, I think. I mean, chemistry wise, I don't know. You were never one of my students in regards to um, that in that regard. Um, maybe a student of travel, but not a student in education. So I don't know scientifically if you're if you're that way, but um, you're inclined to be a scientist. But what what tell me about that? What what are you thinking science wise? Why science? I've always liked science. I don't know. I feel like my personality, I just have a people side and like a logical side where I just like dealing with all the science, learning facts, Mm -hmm. being educated on certain things that are just really interesting to me. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I figured I looked at a lot of different science related subjects and I've always just liked chemistry, like finding out the way things work with each other and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I just figured that would be a good place to try. Okay. I can always switch to something else too if I don't like it. That's the thing, man. Make a decision, do it, and if you don't like it, change it. Yeah, change it, right? Exactly. Right. Which is uh, the you know the whole idea behind this podcast. I I made a decision to, you know, I've I've been wanting. If you heard my very first podcast, I talked about um wanting to do this and thinking about it and thinking for about literally for about um six, eight months and thinking to myself, well, do I have enough material? Do I, how am I going to do it logistically? How am I going to, where am I going to do it mechanically? How will we do it? And I just finally got off the, the bench and said, just, let's do it. I knew about anchor and I knew I'd seen it probably four months ago or so, whatever it was, I'd forgotten about it got back into it into you know researching the podcast and how we'll do it and then uh, made that decision just like i just said to you i mean just do it and, and figure out later so i just one day i said you know what i've been wanting to do this i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it tomorrow i'm gonna starting i'm starting tomorrow set everything up 24 hours later boom i recorded the first podcast which was merely just information about what we're going to do what we're going to talk about and it's funny i i I ruminated over, I don't know how many days, what am I going to talk about? Do I have enough material? Like I was a stand-up comedian, right? Do I have enough material? Do I need to write all this stuff down? And um, you'll see, you'll hear, and the listeners, I'm sure they've, they've heard so far, that they've been listening, that when it comes to the subject of travel, I, I can talk forever. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I can talk about it for days on end. So there's never going to be enough um, time versus material. But um, I knew I wanted to talk to you. um, And I knew I wanted to discuss with you at least once or twice in regards to travel, because there's a lot of things I want to talk about um, that, that, you know, the nuances of travel. But one thing, one last thing, Tanner, before I, before we get into it again, I forgot to talk about this. I want to make sure that we're, the listeners know about this. We're going to, we're going to try something new today. We're going to record the first hour just so you have the opportunity to stop in the middle if you need to and you want to go about your business and go about your life and then come back to us later. You don't have to spend another hour catching up where you were and kind of listening to the same thing to get to the second part. I'm gonna We're going to stop at hour one and then do a part two. We're going to try that and see how that works. And if people like it, we'll continue to do that. So, so Tanner, again, tell me about you've, you've traveled with us for twi- twice now. 2016 2017 i alluded to this this is not the extent of your travels you've traveled both domestically and internationally have you traveled internationally without me oh uh, no okay no not yet <laughs> oh don't say that i'm just joking <laughs> okay so what about domestically then what have you done where have you gone uh east coast up and down the west coast and hawaii i think been in hawaii yeah what'd you think of hawaii oh it did not feel like the united states at all really how so yeah i it just i don't know um it just had a certain obviously it was like in the united states they had the license plates the highway system yeah like the people were different somehow it felt it was like a, a slower pace of life. Everyone yeah. was a very nice, and no matter where you went, everyone was yeah. very kind everywhere. Yeah. And I experienced that. I've only been there once. 
Yeah, it felt very rural too. It's yeah, it's strange. It does feel rural and feels uh, like external. Right? It feels like an extremity of of, <laughs> of some bigger picture, right? Yeah, it's um, a good way to describe. It's very different. It's it is very different. You know, I've always heard I've always heard you either love it or hate it, and I didn't love it or hate it. I, I was very indifferent about it. What about you? Like same? Ah, uh, some parts I felt very indifferent. Other parts I loved. Other parts I hated. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I like the wilderness of it. Yeah. I like all the tropical plant yeah. hiking and stuff out there. We went to the. Um... We hiked, well, we drove, and then we hiked up to the volcano on, um, not the big island, but uh, Maui. Maui. Yeah, Maui. And um, I thought that was cool. I thought that was really, really cool. Reminded me of Death Valley, the way that it looked. And um, I don't know, man. I I don't see myself going to back to, to Hawaii um, anytime soon. I think there's more more locations that i that i still want to see before i relax like that you know yeah i feel i feel the same way yeah i felt like it was nice but i wouldn't go back there yeah so have you been to, so when you say east coast boston new york florida what uh dc uh we passed through philadelphia and then new york what's philly like i've never been there philly um i i wouldn't say it's the greatest it seems like <laughs> I know. Okay, sorry, it's Philly, rocky, but yeah, it was right. It, it seemed a little bit dingy. It felt a lot like DC, as a lot of places on the East Coast do. It's very kind of rundown. It's very old. Not necessarily rundown. I mean, certain parts were, but for the most part, I wouldn't. You know what's interesting? <laughs> interesting to say you you said it, but I've heard it before. People say Americans will say. You know, the thing about the East Coast is it's old. It's not really old. Comparative to where we live, it's old. Yeah, I guess that. On the West Coast, you never see anything probably more than 50 to 100 years old. That's, it's all new. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And then you go over to, like, New York. You go to Brooklyn and stuff and just see all these, like, old tenement buildings and yeah. things from the 1800s, even 1700s. And yeah. It's just a different experience in the West Coast. Yeah. You know, there's... A really good friend of mine. He's from Holland, and he—if he's listening, hello, Rudy. He—he um, he lives in Texas now, of all places. He lives in Texas. The military took him there, but he always said he's always made this joke about, "Oh yeah," like sarcastically, "Oh yeah, America, it's really old. It's what three hundred years old." <laughs> so we, whenever he, we would see something in Holland together, and it was like. 350 or 400 or maybe even 700 years old he pointed out just a little older than you just a little older than you <laughs> or or i took him to he, he came to vice to Visoya where i live came here i took him up to the hills took him up to the sequoia national park we saw the cabin and i don't know if you've seen that before but there's an old cabin up there that's probably about seven eight hundred years old right Really? And he's like, "Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty old." <laughs> I'll give you that. He's like, "Yeah, I'll give you that. It's old. That one's old. That one's old." <laughs> I'll give you that one. But uh, yeah, you're right though. The East Coast is is older than we are in the West Coast, and it's it's funny to hear people say it's so old, and then yet we go to Europe and we're talking about places that are incredibly old, right? I mean, I. I don't know if you know, but I'm leaving next week to go to England. Um, and my buddy there, Andy, was was it two Christmases ago? I was there um, when he first started showing me these places that he was going to buy a house in these little villages. I mean, I, and I mean a village where there's no grocery store, there's only homes, there's a church, there's a cemetery, there's a pub. And there might be a post office. Well, he looked at the post office to buy. There was a post office that used to be the post office a thousand years ago, and they turned it into a house. Well, he showed me that house. A thousand years. And I was looking at this house, and it's all stone. And all, you know, all the houses in this little village look the same. They're made from the same stones. Um, and they all look very, very similar. They're all thatched roofs. I mean, it's picturesque. Per it's beautiful, right? We're wandering around, and I'm thinking, what's this place got to be? 
it's got to be four or 500 years old. And I get on, we get online and it's a thousand years old. We're looking at a house. He's looking at a house to buy. That's a thousand years old. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable, right? It's, it's just, it blows my mind. A thousand years old. He ended up buying a big farmhouse that this town kind of took over and, and kind of swallowed the farm, but it used to be the farm in his farm town, in his little hometown. Um, but he has this house that it, it's, it's refurbished. When you go into inside, it looks brand new, but this house is, um, I think it was built in 1905. I mean, think about that. 1905. For more than 110 years, people have been walking up these stairs that I go up the, to the bathroom and take a shower. You know what I mean? Over 110 years, that, that people have been living in this house. It's ridiculous. And how old's my house? Uh, 15 years? <laughs> 20 years? It's ridiculous. It's funny though. I, I like those those uh, I like those differences. Those those age differences. And and I, I get to Europe and I think. Um, how interesting this building looks or how interesting this road looks. And then you put the, then you put it into perspective. Wait a minute. This building has been here a thousand years or this road's been here 2000 years or people have been like, if you're in Italy, Romans walked this road for, this is the road. This is actually the road to Rome, you know, from all those years back. It's just an interesting thing. I love that part of travel, seeing those things that kind of collectively just, make it for you to kind of pull it all together to show you how old it really is you know yeah i remember that on my first trip the first day we went to rottenberg which is somewhere in the middle of germany it's in the forest area and we stayed in a hotel that night that was absolutely the middle of nowhere it was just Mm. surrounded by fields you couldn't even see anything else in the distance yep and next to this hotel i'm not even sure how old it was that was our first night right and yeah 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 but uh, so we get there, we get all unpacked and stuff. And then me and some people I met on that trip, we go over to this little like kind of bar restaurant area right next door. Mm-hmm. And we were the only ones in there. It was lit by candles and they had like fur skins covering the tables. And the owner, I guess it was the owner. He comes out and he's speaking in very broken English. I guess they were about to close and he starts like asking us questions. And he's like, yeah, do you know how old this building is? And we all take guesses. We're like 300 years, 400 years. And he comes out and he's like 900 years. Wow. He brings out this old axe. I guess he said it was like from the medieval era or something. He lets us hold it. And we all take pictures with it. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just. I didn't know about that. That's one of my first experiences in an old building. (laughs) You'll never forget that either, right? You'll never forget that. Still fresh in my mind. Right. Amazing. I want to see that picture i want to see the pictures of that send those to me i want to see those um yeah i didn't i didn't even know about that that's an interesting story and you're right that that hotel was out in the middle of, of nowhere it was i <laughs> and, and, and did you see the guy when we walked when we got there did you see the guy that was in uh lederhosen oh, I, I think took so a, i took a photo of that guy he was in the band um because the the hotel that we were staying in that night was hosting a um I don't know that it was a wedding party, but it's it seemed like a wedding party. It seemed like a reception from a wedding. Maybe they got married somewhere else, but they were having the reception there. Yeah, and, I remember that. You remember that? And and the and I was walking from one building to the next because we had people staying in like two or three different buildings. And I was walking between the buildings and this guy comes out of nowhere. And, and I was very interested in getting Lederhosen on that trip. And I did. And I see this guy out of out of the corner of my eye. Wait a minute, what, what are you, come here? What are you doing? And he's in the band. I mean, literally in the band. And he's ah here for the for the, for the celebration. And he's in, he has his lederhosen and he's got his red checkered shirt and he's he's just dressed like picturesque for the mountainous areas of of Bavaria, right? It's it's yeah. incredible. So yeah, I took a photo with him and and took a photo of him and it was it was kind of cool. But later on that trip, that very trip went to uh, Munich and uh, I got Lederhosen on that trip. I love those things, man. I love those things. I told my buddy that, are they comfortable? Yeah. Oh my God, Tanner. 
it's like wearing a pair of pants made of butter. They just, you know, it's they're leather, right? Lederhosen. They're leather, leather pants. Um, they they're the softest. They're made out of the softest leather I've ever. Softer than gloves, right? And you you would think, and I've worn them here. You know, you know, as as, as hot as it is here, and to give this put this put this in perspective for people who don't know this area, we're talking about 106, 110 in the summer, in July. So in October, it's still warm. We don't have cold Halloween nights, but I wore it for Halloween to school, um, two years in a row now, and um, and the kids laugh at it and they think I'm gonna they they, they call me a troll and they call me a different thing. Like, Ernie Ernie Keebler and they they don't know what it is. I had to tell them what it is. It's not a it's not a it's not a troll. It's a it's, it's leader hose. This is German, right? So, anyway, so I talked to him about it, but anyway, it's it. You would think it would be scorching hot but it's not they're not they're they're nice and cool they're incredibly comfortable um but they were made for for the working man right the working man wore these things and uh wore them all day long out in the field then he would put on a pair of suspenders and dress them up and then go into the town and go to the go to church and go go to the pub or whatever he needed to do it was it's an interesting uh get up really to tell you the truth it's but yes, to answer your question, they are incredibly comfortable. I could wear them all day long, all day, all day. So, in fact, um, I've been collecting things like that, like that are very um, geographical in my my travels. Right, uh, I've been collecting flat hats from England. I've been going to England a lot lately, and been collecting some flat hats from there. And got some Lederhosen from Germany. And my buddy Andy and I are on this kind of like guide trip next week to uh, scotland and i told him you know we're going to scotland you know what we have to get and i told him do you know do you know tanner do you know what i'm, what I'm about to talk I'm about guessing getting killed <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be surprised so I, yeah. I told him we have to get a kill and he, and he told me he told me absolutely not i'm not doing that but we'll we'll see if i can get him into a kill because he's told me before he will but i i really want one just to just to have one you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, it'll be interesting to see because those those things can be kind of expensive too. Just like Lederhosen. Lederhosen are expensive. They're all handmade and they're one offs. There's not another pair like mine, right? The, the person who made them made them by hand and kind of makes it a little different each and every time. The stitching is a little different. The little decorations are different. The you know the the way that they they do this that and the other with the tucking and the rolling and the stitching is different it's just uh i tried several pair on and this pair fit me the best so i went with it but um it, they're they're incredibly interesting uh and crafty people but anyway so what else what new york what about new york tell me about new york uh i think out of all the cities i've been to new york I mean, this is a little bit cliche but it's a city that's Unlike any other city I've been to. Hmm. I don't know how yeah. to answer to that. What do you mean? I don't know. Just the feeling you get from being in the city. I feel like everybody's moving so fast. Mm-hmm. There's so many things happening at the same time. And you just get a feeling of like uh, empowerment from being in the city. You feel like you can do pretty much anything. You could be anybody. I hear you. Yeah. You know, what's, what's funny about that is I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I've been there quite a few times, and it's it's a very interesting city. It's a, it's probably well, obviously, it's the only it's the biggest city that we have in America, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have San Francisco on the west coast, and that's probably the biggest city, the only city we have on the west coast. L.A. is not a city, not like that. It doesn't. It's not. <laughs> it's not metropolis like that. Um, but when you think about it, San Francisco is nothing compared to New York, right? Yeah, it's a drop in the hat. It's yeah, tiny compared to Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I don't know how much time you spent on the streets of New York, but uh, my very first trip to New York, we walked from Battery Park all the way up into um, the the north side of Central Park, which is far. Yeah, it's a right? little bit of a walk. That's that's a far long walk if i had a uh if i had a um uh pedometer on me that on me that day i probably would have broken it 
that that it was long day. It was a it was a hard walk. It was it was. Um, but realist, realistically, when I'm thinking about it, or as I thought about it, it went by because there's quickly because there's so many, like you said, there's so many things going on, and there's so many um, people around. There are so many sounds and noises, and I mean, it's it's incredible. It got quiet when we got into Central Park, but it's not still not quiet, you know. But. But I, I understand what you mean, though. It's it's an interesting town. It's it does make you feel like you can do anything, and you can, you can you can handle everything if you you know like they say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But um, <laughs> it's an interesting town. How many times have you been there? Um, one time I've actually actually been there. I'm headed back in probably two weeks. Oh, what's that about? Uh, just to visit family and stuff just before I leave for college. Okay. Yeah. When when are you planning on uh, going away to college in, in August? Oh yeah, yeah, just at the beginning of August. Okay, I know you you talked about going on our, our Greece tour in 2019, um, and then you finally made that decision. Like I I just can't do it. I'm going away to college, and I want to make sure that I take care of that. And so that's that was a, a, probably an important decision in your life. But when you where are you going to go? Or do you mind saying? Oh, uh, I'm going up to. Well, the end game is to go to Humboldt State University, but in the meantime, for about another year or so, I'm going to be going to College of the Redwoods, which is like their community college up there in Northern California. Okay. And then while you're at that JC, you're going to be studying both uh, anthropology and science, right? Or chemistry? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to take some chemistry classes. They have a little bit in the way of anthropology, but mainly I'm just getting my general ed out of the way, and then I'm going to knock those classes out at State. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll get so, done what I can, though. Say that again? I'll get done what I can at community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, back to Europe. Let's talk about Europe. Oh, yeah. When um, you, you mentioned the very first night in Germany in 2016, what's another, what's another experience that you remember? What's some, some event or some, some situation? What do you remember that like, is right on the the forefront of your memory like this is something you always tell the story you always tell what is that what what place was that or do you or do you have Probably too many i have a lot <laughs> i always tell people about the catacombs i think that was probably one of the coolest things i've done yeah one of the most interesting it's just really unique yeah i always tell people about that that was a really interesting experience i would definitely go back it was very cool right yeah, and, and we talked. You know what's interesting about that? We we briefly talked about it, but we talked about it there. And I remember having this conversation with you in the streets of Paris when we left. How how surreal it was to be down there, and you think you, you you're walking around, and for those who have never been there, don't know what I'm talking about. The catacombs are this underground labyrinth of of hallways and and walkways where along the sides and sometimes in the right in the middle there's a pillar and the pillar's decorated but along the sides of these walkways where there's dirt it's a it's a cave right it's a cave hallway Mm -hmm. labyrinth and you're walking around and there's tucked in these corners and on in on the you know the walls of the of the the labyrinth are literally hundreds of thousands of of bones right and they um back in the day when when uh, Paris was closer to uh, that swampy area, kind of where the Eiffel Tower is, that swampy little area, they uh, they didn't bury them right. They didn't bury them deep enough, and they started surfacing. They had to do something with them, and they put all these people down below. And we talked about that. You and I talked about how surreal it was to kind of walk by and and. I don't know about you, but I touched a couple of bones, but you touch these bones, you see these bones, you're just kind of, you're, you're inches from them. You're st- you're looking at them. You're taking photographs of them. And it's very surreal to, to have all of those people's bones right next to you. And you're thinking kind of for a m- minute, you're thinking, is it fake? Are these real? But and then I, I think I asked you, you feel weird about that. You feel weird that we went down to see those bones. Do you remember what you said? 
I, I don't. You talked about how well they're just bones, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not the soul. Um, and we talked. We had a conversation about that, and and it's interesting that. I mean, how do you feel about that now that you're? Because you bring it up, you talk about it with other people. How do you feel about the fact that we walked down in there, and, down in there, and and uh, we're with all those deceased people's bones? As you said, it felt really fake. Mm-hmm. It, they were stacked. It almost felt like it was something out of a horror movie or it's just so weird the way they did it they didn't just bury bodies down there they stacked them and organized them in these really intricate ways yeah yeah and it's there's like a line between whether that should be done or not or just i don't know it didn't feel wrong but it just felt weird that people do that yeah you know it's in certain corners, in certain areas, you could you could see over the top, and you could see that it was the, the bones were like eight feet thick. Yeah, they were just piled up. Eight feet, you know, thick of bones, and there, you you know that there's bones all the way back to that wall, and they're mm. they're six feet tall, eight feet deep, and this section of the wall is I don't know ten fifteen feet long. That's a lot of bones. Right, and then they would, like you said, they decorated them intricately, and like on the on on the facade of all these bones, they would put the skulls, and there was one shaped like there was a a bunch of skulls shaped in the the form of a heart, yeah, and then um, a lot of messages and a lot of uh, sayings and a lot of quotes and a lot of it is it is kind of it's strange. It's kind of makes you feel I don't know. It's not right or wrong. It's just different, but it's just it's kind of weird, but. I'm glad we did that, um, but you're right. It's just kind of makes you think. What were they thinking at the time, like to do that? And I wonder. I wonder if they ever thought those they being the you know the powers that be that kind of said let's do this. I wonder if they ever thought this could be a tourist attraction sometime. I don't know. If, I don't know if they, they thought that, but. I wonder if they did. I wonder if they just thought let's just put them away. I mean, why? Otherwise, why did they put them in such such an organized way in this labyrinth? I remember when we were down there. Originally, I forget when it happened. The, was it the Black Death that caused a lot of bodies a to? Lot, yeah, a lot of that. I'm sure. Yeah. I remember they had that, and they said in the 1800s they actually came back into the catacombs and moved a lot of the bones around and took them out out of the walls and redecorated kind of in a very macabre way. So, <laughs> That's an interesting way to, way to say it. They redecorated. <laughs> I think back then they might have thought that would have been a tourist attraction yeah. or Well, yeah, probably 1800s, yeah. 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 So, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. So what else? What what other uh, what other events happened on these two trips that you thought this is a this is a story to tell. This is something I'm gonna tell my grand my grandkids. You have any of those? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got really really lost with Nick, who was on the last podcast. We got really lost in Amsterdam, and we we didn't want to use the phones to get back because it would kind of be a little adventure if we didn't. So we were just trying to use the maps and asking people. Uh-huh. We had absolutely no idea where we were, and it took about thirty minutes from where we were at to figure out how to get back to uh, I forget what the square was called, but the main square where we were all supposed to meet up after. Oh the 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 Dom Square. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. the the big obelisk. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Took a while. So did you just the two of you are together? Oh yeah. I don't think I knew that story. Did you guys so what happened is you, you you didn't I like the adventure part you didn't want to call anybody you didn't want to text anybody you didn't want to ask any any questions in regards to that uh, very old school let's use a map and let's kind of find our way around do you have a good sense of direction uh, it depends on the day <laughs> <laughs> okay Sometimes it's all right a couple of the people I was on the trip with would say no some people might say yes okay that's funny. Yeah, the same thing kind of happened in Venice. I I thought it would be a good idea to walk across the Grand Canal and walk around the big, just S-shaped Grand Canal to try and get back to St. Mark's Square. Oof. It turned out to be a little bit longer than I thought it would. Yeah. 
Yeah, so about halfway we had to turn back. That was in uh, 17? Yeah, that was in 17. In fact, you know what's interesting about that is that I've been to Venice, I don't know how many times now, and I've wa- I walk around quite a, well, you walk around the entire time, but I've walked around these areas quite a, quite a few times. And every once in a while, um, I'll too get, get lost. I'll, I'll turn around and I'll think, wait a minute, that I don't remember an ice cream shop on this corner. I, I thought it was a wine cellar or I thought it was a sandwich shop because I'll, I'll make those little memory, uh, those, those cognitive decisions like, Oh, don't forget about the sandwich shop on the right hand side. Or I, I have those, those landmarks right in my embedded in my memory in regards to how do I get from one place, especially in Venice. For those who've never been to Venice, talk about a labyrinth, right? This is amazing. Everything looks exactly the same. There's brick and stone and, and slate everywhere. And every business, if you've never been there, looks exactly the same. Um, you you don't, and if you don't, if you've never been there, you, looking at a map is going to completely throw you off because they write, they draw these maps three dimensionally, and it's you're you're completely lost. Um, in fact, I remember you remember James that was on that trip with us. Yeah, yeah. He was he wanted a a, a briefcase, a leather briefcase, and I took him. Um, I took him to three different places and they were probably a hundred yards from each other. And we had to cross bridges and we had to go around <laughs> buildings and we had to do this, that, and that. we're coming through a different square and going over a different bridge. And we were going across another body of water. And we're, it, it, it was tremendous in regards to just going from one store to the next, just to compare prices. Right. And oh, I remember yeah. him saying, like, wow, how do you know, how do you even know where we were going? <laughs> and I, I just knew that this area I know this area pretty well and I know that area pretty well. And you know, we'll 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 get there. And you know, every once in a while you get lost. But those are those are the stories I love. Those are the stories that I that I'll like I said, I'll tell my grandchildren about and I'll I'll remember um and I'm sure you are. You're gonna remember all these little things, those little nuances about that story and, and how you and Nick were were lost in in um Amsterdam together and you have and like we talked about before you've got that little thing with Nick now right like you you have that thing that 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 connection right that you didn't know him at school did you no yeah. no I think I think he was a year ahead of me yeah I think he graduated before you yeah um but now you've traveled together on the on the on the tour together and you have that little connection you have those little stories together like remember when we did this remember when we did that um yeah. I remember um, a few years ago, we had, I'm going to have Ron, Rachel, she's going to be on an episode with Forrest and, and her son, <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I can hear her yelling. She, I've never seen her so mad. Her son got lost on the ankle tower. And and I say lo- lost loosely because it you, you can't go anywhere, right? Yeah. You're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna come down and we're going to see you. But there are four elevators, and luckily there was only two working that night. And I sent somebody over to the opposite side. I said, "Just wait for him. You, you'll you'll see him, or you won't see him. Um, but if you don't see him, we'll come get you. If you see him, bring him over to us." So she's flipping out. She goes up on top of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, she's going to have that story for the rest of her life uh, yeah. to tell not only his friends and his family, but his kids and his grandkids. I mean, every. They're always going to have this little story, and, and, and it's funny now. And but I, she was stressed out then, but she's already talked about it because he's now sixteen. He's getting ready to graduate. He's t- he turned sixteen, and I remember in a post she made on social media, you know, something about that kid who got lost on the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And, you know, it's a, it's becoming a it's becoming a little family story, right? I love those little stories like that. I love those little moments like that, and um those little nuggets of information or memory that you have with, with somebody or with no one, right? Just those, those little times that you kind of spent alone and kind of collected some sort of experience in some little country like that. You went to, um, you went to Lucerne. So that means you went up uh, Mount Pilatus with us, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell everybody about, tell everybody about that toboggan ride. That was awesome. <laughs> it's basically 
So Mount Pilatus is just this massive mountain outside of Lusanne. And you take up a cog rail little trolley to get to the top. Yeah. The steepest in the world, by the way. It's like 45 degree up. Yeah, something like 45. Yeah. And they have kind of like a, a little park on the side of the mountain about, I think it was like halfway down, right? Yeah, there's, halfway down, there's this, this like outdoor park where you can ride mountain bikes, you can hike, you can jog, you can do, um, what is it, uh, the zip lining. Yeah. There's there's this weird I don't know what they call it but you're you kind of you're not ziplining but you're tied in and you're kind of climbing through these ropes from tree to tree right you can do yeah, those. you walk across like bridges and stuff yeah kind of like an obstacle course like exercise yeah. obstacle thing that's elevated yeah and then they have the the big thing right the toboggan the toboggan <laughs> which is like it's, this go ahead tell them what it is it's interesting it's pretty much you sit in a little cart. And you fly down this mountain on a little steel tube. I don't know how fast. I would be going probably 25, 30 miles an hour. Yeah. But, well, yeah, just about. As you're going down, you though, you have... It. You can control it. You have this little stick. Oh, yeah. You have a little brake stick on it. Yeah. You can go faster or slower. Yeah. But uh, you can see just insane views from basically halfway up the mountain, which is still really high up. You have a great view of just the entire Swiss Alps just under you. Yep. As you're flying down this mountain. Yep. The lake, you can see the lake. Yeah. It's beautiful, it's, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. It is. In fact, if people if people google it, they can see it, the toboggan run on Lucerne. You can see video. In fact, on our Instagram I posted the video. And I can't remember if you were in front of me. Somebody's in front. I thought it was you in front of me. Maybe it was Thomas. Somebody's in front of me on that video. I thought it was you. But um, I posted a video on that. You know, and then what happened, what sucks about that is a year later in 17, we're there again. Everybody's in line. We talked it up, you and I, and everybody that, that wanted to go was all excited. And like, oh, my God, can't wait to do this. This is, this is spectacular. Phillips has told us all about this. And, and you were telling everybody about it because you'd been there be the year before and Everyone's excited, wrong line, and it starts to sprinkle. Yeah. And it's not even rain, right? It's not even rain. Like, I don't even have, we don't have hats on, umbrellas, don't even have a jacket on. It's just a little bit of sprinkle. Like, there's a little bit of moisture, just a little. And they shut the whole thing down. They're like, nope, can't do it. It's raining. Like, it's not yeah. even raining. It's not even raining. Everybody's all upset. But you know what? But they took it pretty well, right? They took it really well. Yeah, nobody was too angry about it. Yeah. We did hype it up a lot, which we probably shouldn't have. Yeah, probably shouldn't have I didn't think that. it was going to rain, and it was going to get shut down. It didn't even rain. It was... Yeah, it was you know, and I think there was about three or four or five people that were able to do it before it rained, right? There yeah. There was a handful of people who actually got to do it. So they were obviously happy, but for the most part. You know, that's the thing about travel is that I, I tell people, and I don't know how many of those meetings you went to the first year, but um, those meetings we set up to talk about, you know, all the nuances of, of travel, packing and luggage and all the things we're going to see and do and experience. And I tell people all the time, expect everything to change. I mean, be ready for it. Be ready for something to happen. Be ready for the fact that, you know, plan B might occur and plan C and plan mm -hmm. B and maybe even plan E because you just don't know what's going to happen. And I, and I want you to, to, to be ready for that because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and that was one of those times, right? That was one of those times where we had to tell everybody, listen, this is just what happens on, on travel. You don't dwell on it. You just mm -hmm. move forward. Let's go have fun. Let's go do something else. Let's go do the next thing. Yeah. yeah. Let's go do the next best thing and, 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 and do that. And then what's cool about it is in 16, we had a spectacular hotel, did we not? Which one was that? That was in that little ski town. Remember that little ski town? We get there about oh. know, eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. We go to bed. We wake up the next morning, and everything's covered in snow. And we're talking about July. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I have a little story. Go ahead. During it, it was 
kind of hot. If I remember right, it ended the day a little bit warm in the yeah. town, right? Yeah. So we left our window open in the middle of the night. Okay. And then I wake up probably around like one or two in the morning. And uh, the person you were just talking about, Thomas, he's awake also. And he's looking out the window. And I look up and I'm like, what are you doing? And then he just points out and it's snowing just everywhere in the middle of the night. And someone's getting in the room. And then, yeah, we just wake up and it's pretty much like Christmas in the middle of July. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember we got to the hotel pretty late. We had dinner and everybody was crashed. They, they, got, they were tired. Everybody went to bed or to their rooms. I went to bed pretty early for myself. It's around midnight, one o'clock, whatever it was. And then um, I wake up the next morning and I and I there's a little chill in the air. Right. Yeah. And and I don't remember leaving the window open or not, but I but I uh, I remember there was a chill in the air, and I kind of kind of stretching and I stand up and I I it, it, because everything was white, it looked kind of like it was fog outside, and I kind of walked over to the window and I looked about the other side of the window and I thought, what the heck? Kind of threw me off a little bit, and sure enough, the entire little village was covered in snow. Um. <laughs> But I was saying was that was a spectacular place because that place that's a ski town, right? In in Switzerland, up on a mountain, and behind our hotel was the tow rope to go up to the mountain and ski. Right? Remember that? Yeah. Everybody could ski all around. We walked around. We could we were we we're kind of that that second night wandering around. So there was a group of us wandering around. And kind of listening to the cows with their bells on, and so the farmers can hear the the different size bells, so they know, so they'll know if that's my cow or not. So the cows walking around, you can hear these bells ringing everywhere. And then, um, but I was going to say that the next year, I was hoping to get that hotel. I was hoping to stay in that little town again because I love that little town. And that, talk about picturesque! That, oh yeah, that yeah. place was unbelievable. But it was a ski town, and I and I went to this little this little bar. And I was talking to the owner who spoke really good English because his mother was American and he was Swiss. And he uh, was telling us how it's dead. This, this, this is like the off season. This is the time to come here if you want to save money. But really, the time to come is obviously in the, in the winter because this is a ski town. And we just it was so beautiful wandering around in this little everything was a was a chalet right every building was a chalet everything was it looked like a chalet he gave me a tour of this of this building um this riverfront hotel building that used the river and a a water like a a well like not a well but a, a river um a paddle well or wheel to generate power for the building he gave me this tour of this ho- this hotel that he or this building he made into a hotel. Unbelievable, beautiful chalet ski type building, um, rooms and everything was decorated that way. It was beautiful. But anyway, the, the following year, 2017, I was hoping we get that place, but we got a place even better. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> even better. The hotel was better on top of the mountain, not halfway up the mountain, on top of a ski resort, and behind us wasn't the tow rope; it was the the damn gondola right it was a gondola <laughs> and the gondola yeah. came down right over our hotel right so yeah. you could, you could, the way you could come out valley. yeah you could come out of our hotel which was this big giant ski chalet come out of our hotel and jump on your skis and ski down the mountain and take the gondola back up to the hotel now that is skiing at its best we- we had those ridiculous balcony views too. Oh my god! Every room, yeah, every room could see the Swiss Alps. Every room could see all that was of the glacier. Oh my god! Yeah, the giant glacier that was right there. It was beautiful, unbelievable. And you know, the thing I don't know about you, but everybody who's been on those two trips, 2016 and 17, they love Switzerland. You feel the same way? Yeah, Switzerland is probably one of my top favorite countries. Wow. Okay. Okay. It's an interesting place. It's, it's, um, it's almost like there's not a lot to do, but there's mm-hmm. a lot to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's yes. not a lot of, there's not a lot of, uh, 
how do you say that? How do you, how do you put this in perspective? It's, it's not like going to Paris and going to all the museums and going to the restaurants and going to the bars and the dance halls and all, you know what I mean? It's not like that. It's, yeah. This, I feel like this is more about seeing the culture yeah. than activities and just. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's funny is, is when you bring that up, there's a, at the base of that hill, you know, at the base, not the hill, the base of that hotel, we wandered around. People kind of wandering around. It was kind of remote. There was not, there was not much going on up there. There was a yeah. little grocery store about 250 yards away. If you got there on time, which we didn't, it was it was closed when we got there. We wandered mm-hmm. around, Allie and I, and you remember Joel, our our tour guide. Um, yeah. He was out wandering around too, and we saw him, and and then we saw these logos for a business on the car outside of this chalet. And it looks like a ski chalet. Every house does. And we see people going in to this house, this little door, and they would leave with a little wheel of cheese. I remember it was the little family that was like selling cheese out of their house. Yeah. So I told Joel, I asked him, you think they have a little cheese business there? And he said, it looks like it. It looks like it. And in fact, the logo says that he must, he may not make it there, but he, maybe he's selling it there. So we went in there. I said, let's go over there. Let's talk to him. And it's, mm-hmm. it, you're right. It's about the culture. It's right about, it's about meeting people and about talking to people and about experiencing things. And I can't stand cheese. I'm lactose intolerant and the smell really, really bothers me. But, <laughs> but I love the, the artistry behind that science. And you can appreciate this being science. I mean, the science behind making cheese is phenomenal, right? You take oh, yeah. this, you take this, this milk and you do things to it and you let it kind of just sit there and kind of do its thing. And then it comes out depending on how you made it in different types of cheeses and you kind of mold it and you do this thing to it and you put the, it's just all, it's just very interesting that you don't have to come out with the same exact block of cheese every time you could do something different. This guy made it from goat cheese or goat milk. And it was all goat cheese. We walk in and it's a little closet of a basement room. And there's wheels of cheese all up and from ceiling to floor wrapped around this little closet of a room. It was, it was small enough that you could probably put a couple of motorcycles in and that was it. So it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't even like a garage for a car. It was small, like a, like a, um, maybe even like a, a place where you put your wood right for the winter. Yeah, yeah. So he made it into his distribution center for his his cheese. So talking to this guy, he it's it just like Joel said, he makes his cheese somewhere else. He buys the milk, goat milk from some of some other farmer, and together, you know, they they need each other, right? He buys the milk, and that guy's business thrives. And then he makes the cheese from that milk, and his business thrives, and he sells these little wheels of cheese. I ended up buying a pretty good sized wedge for my mom because she likes that. But um, this darn cheese stunk up my laundry for, <laughs> I don't know how long he free, he, he like, he, he shrink wraps it. Right. But you yeah. can still smell it. Right. You can still smell it. And I walked into that room and about knocked me over because of that smell. And I, it, it, I, like I said, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't stand that smell, but it's just, it's fascinating to me that right there, in the middle of that beautiful countryside, there's this guy just making cheese and selling wheels of cheese. And there's people driving up to his little basement room and buying cheese instead of going to the store. And I love that idea. You know, I love there's so many places I've run into like that where people are just kind of buying something from you um, and not going to the store to get it. You know, and like the old days, like the, like it used to be that barter system. I've got a dozen eggs. What do you got? <laughs> I, I feel like Switzerland just really had that sense of community with everybody yeah. who lived there. It's, it, it, I really got that feeling. Every It's a lot of little tiny towns. That, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just like that. And it's just beautiful, right? Countryside, beautiful. Yeah. 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 And every, every trip we take that's close to Switzerland, I'm going to try to add Switzerland at least a day or two. Yeah, I think that's a good idea to the to get people to get them experienced in in seeing this place because it's absolutely beautiful. And if you listeners, if you've ever got a chance to go to Switzerland, you know, even for a day within your trip, oh, by all means, try it, do it, go to there. I mean, even Lucerne, Tanner, mm. 
Lucerne, it being a bustling little town and a, a pretty rich town at that, yeah. um, it's still Switzerland, right? And, yeah. it, and it still has that sense of community and people are still nice and there's a lot of tourists there, but it still feels like you're in a very different country. You know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely it's, does. You're, you're definitely in a different country, a different world, right? Mm. A different world. And I love that. I love those little communities. Listen, it's six o'clock. It's an hour away from our first when we started this recording. I'm I'm not done. Are you done? <laughs> no, nah, I'm I'll keep going. Okay. So let's finish. Let's let me let me close out part one and I'll call you back. For listeners, I'm Mike. That's Tanner. This is the end of part one. And you're listening to with these two shoes part one